Welcome to Nurse Practitioners Changing Practice. I'm Carol Berger. Hi, I'm Nina Zimmerman. We have another episode of Ranking Differentials for you today. So we are going to uh, find out what's wrong with another patient. Great. I can't believe we're already up to episode five. Yeah, we're really getting positive comments about these. So they're going to keep coming. Yeah, and you guys are really watching them too. Um, again, one of the best ways of learning is to model our behavior, our model, our thinking. And that's what we're trying to do for you. We're trying to model thinking between on patients we actually took care of. Right. These are people that we took care of in clinic um, different times of our career, and they have clinical pearls along the way. So let's see what's wrong with this person. Okay. So meet Janelle. Janelle is 27 years old. She's recently had a baby and she comes in with complaints of um, left-sided chest pain. She describes mm -hmm. it as dull, aching, and nothing makes it better. She actually says it gets worse when she's eating. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh-huh. So what are the keys here? Well, very concerning that she's got some left-sided chest pain as post partum after after childbirth that would be very concerning to me however what doesn't seem to fit is that the pain is aggravated when she eats doesn't really go with cardiac so that's a big clue for me that we have to be thinking about some not ruling out cardiac yet but that it gets aggravated when she eats yeah because when you think of postpartum there always could be a dvt um, there could have been a cardiac issue. You know, she had all that extra fluid and she's kind of offloading that now, um, which could have put a strain on her heart, depending on if she had some underlying conditions. But, and left-sided chest pain fits with all of that, but having it be more when she eats doesn't fit with that picture. So let's see if we've got some more clues. Yeah. And, and with the chest pain, you know, we're going to figure this out, but definitely concerning for a PE, a pulmonary embolism, especially if she's having pain with inspiration, which like you said, we're going to talk more about that. So vital signs, what do we see? We've got a normal blood pressure, pulse is up a little bit, mm -hmm. she is in pain. Um, she's also uh, probably, um, she's got, you know, maybe a little bit elevated respirations, but mm -hmm. nothing that bad. Mm -hmm. And her temperature and pulse oximetry are normal. Mm -hmm. Of course, we listen to her heart and it's got a normal rate and rhythm. Lungs are clear bilaterally with no um, respiratory distress noted. You do have a positive Mersby sign. So here, what are our clues? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, definitely a clue with, you know, Murphy sign is um, rebound tenderness when you press do a deep palpation right upper quadrant um, and you release that that pressure and there's rebound tenderness. So that's a big clue. Uh, lungs are clear, you know, no adventitious sounds. Um, again, I'd want to know a little bit more about the chest pain. Like, is she having pain with inspiration or is, you know, or is it just there and just with eating? So um, lungs clear auscultation, great sign. Heart sounds are okay. Um, but the positive Murphy sign, now now I'm thinking, Carol, that we need to pay attention to a possible GI involvement. Yeah, so we've got three things that are concerning, our respiratory tract, our cardiac tract, and our GI tract. Mm -hmm. Those are our main things, right? Right. Now, we got this uh, kind of neat little... Um, display here and uh, we will upload the PowerPoint so you can play with this on our website. Um, and so these slides you can go in and out of, but what we're going to go through them sequentially right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So neurologically, 
she really doesn't have anything no. neurologically. She's alert and orientated. There was no test she would do with that. No, so. no neurological deficits. Now, cardiac, this is one we have to be concerned about. Right. Um, you would do an EKG. And because she's complaining of left-sided chest pain, because she's postpartum, personally, I would send her to the emergency room right. to have cardiac enzymes drawn um, yep. just to rule that out. Because if you miss it, you know, she could die. Right. And we don't want to do, and I have students do this all the time. They'll say, we're going to do cardiac enzymes. You really don't want to no. do that outpatient. No. If you suspect a heart, you know, think of yourself on a jury stand saying, well, yeah, um, I thought we should do cardiac enzymes, but I wasn't that concerned about it. So we did them outpatient right. and something happened to the patient. You know, it would not sound right. Nope. So um, there's, there's a difference between, you know, uh, somebody refusing to do those tests or go to the hospital, but let's say she's willing. And this patient was, she was willing to go to the hospital. So they did do cardiac enzymes. Those were all normal and her EKG was normal. So that makes us feel much more comfortable about the heart, right? And you, right. And you, cardiac enzymes, Carol, you're talking about troponins, right? Right. Okay. Right. That, that's the number one test. Yeah. I mean, um, they do the three troponins every right. six hours. It's the most sensitive test um, right. out there. The other type of cardiac enzymes that we used to do, they really don't use that for right. cardiac ischemia anymore. Right. Yeah. We used to use like CKMB and all that. Mm -hmm. We don't do it anymore. Yeah. So Good. respiratory again, now we're concerned because she could have had a DVT. Um, uh, and, you, you, you mean know, pulmonary embolism. Right. Yes. She, yeah, she could have had a pulmonary embolism. So mm -hmm. we're going to do a D-dimer, um, yeah. which in her case could be elevated because she just had a baby. Right. Right. Okay. And that would be a false thing. Um, and you could look at her legs and those are both normal. We don't see anything. But in this case, because she just had a baby, we're going to do a CT with contrast um, yeah. under pulmonary embolism protocol. Mm -hmm. And it was normal, did not show a PE. So that now makes us feel much yeah. more comfortable absolutely. about two really bad things, right? Absolutely. I would do the same. Absolutely. So GI now is where we're really at, right? So the right upper ultrasound, we order that. And that shows that there, it's normal mm -hmm. without any kind of, um, with an, I'm sorry, with no stone. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, even if it did show a stone, mm -hmm. I mean, 50% of Americans have stones in their right. body and they don't cause any problems. So right. unless that stone is causing wall thickening or mm -hmm. an obstruction, we don't worry about that. So that's kind of encouraging, right? Mm -hmm. Now the alkaline FOS is elevated. What does mm -hmm. that mean? Mm -hmm. So alkaline would be, um, we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, um, liver enzyme, correct? Right. Yes. So the alkaline FOS is one of the liver enzymes and you have yeah. the AST and the ALT, but the alkaline FOS is more indicative of gallbladder disease. Yep. In this yep. case, she has both of them a little bit elevated. Mm -hmm. Now I will tell you if you have alkaline phosphate, a, a liver function test elevated with an elevated bilirubin. That was my next question. What about our bilirubin? Being if, that, if that's all elevated and she yes. has in that biliary tract. There's yes. a stone that somehow got out and it's obstructing that yes. biliary tract. But in this case, we just have a little slight elevation. Okay. So that's not bad. But the HIDAS scan, which is the next step when everything mm -hmm. comes back normal and you're still thinking gallbladder, you do a HIDAS scan and that's just like an ejection fraction for a heart. 
This is checking the ejection fraction of a gallbladder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And her ejection fraction is low. That's very key for this diagnosis, isn't it? Right. I mean, that tells us her gallbladder is malfunctioning. She doesn't have cholecystitis, but she's not putting out the bile mm -hmm. when she eats a fatty meal. Mm -hmm. And that's causing the pain. So, okay. so we know that it's a malfunctioning gallbladder with that right there. Mm -hmm. GU, we tested her for UTI. Yeah. She's negative for that. Muscular skeletal, no tests no that test. we've done there. Endocrine, you know, her glucose was normal on BNP. That's good. That's good. So all of those are good. A reproductive organ, she's six weeks postpartum. So we're still mm -hmm. going to check a pregnancy. Test, Absolutely. Right? As that has happened, and so you don't want to, you know, yeah, you don't want to miss an ectopic pregnancy, right? Yeah, she could have had something like that, absolutely. And then you send her home, and bingo, she you knows she had bursts or something, right? Um, so our top three differentials are gallbladder, pulmonary embolism, and myocardial infarction. Mm -hmm. And let's see how those lay out. Gallbladder, our pros are, you know, all of these things, right? With the con being it's left-sided chest pain. Yes. Normally when you have gallbladder, they complain of pain on that right shoulder. Yeah, right shoulder. Right, right upper quadrant or right shoulder. That's mm -hmm. just almost classic. Yeah. She's not though. She's presenting and, and do patients always present the way the textbook nope. says? Nope. Hers was left-sided chest pain. And whenever the, a person comes in with left-sided chest pain, I always think heart first, mm -hmm. and I think it could be GERD or some yes. kind of esophageal thing, and yes. I think gallbladder, because all of it is very, very close to each other. Yes, and then down the road, you may think it's pulmonary, but then again, you want to know about if it's if it's pain with inspiration and that sort right. of thing. So absolutely. Well, the reason why I think this one we're thinking pulmonary embolism is because she was right. just pregnant. Just pregnant. That would so, definitely be on the top of my list. Absolutely. You know, I mean, she laid in bed. She had a baby. She could have a hypercoagulable state. Um, yep. I mean, that's just something that you worry about with with a pregnant person who's postpartum. So we kind of ruled that out though, because I mean, her D-dimer is normal. She has no respiratory symptoms and the CT was normal. Now, what would happen if her um, her creatinine was too high for us to do a CT with contrast? Mm -hmm. Well, then we would get a VQ scan. Oh yeah, the old, the old way. Yeah, we do it the old way. I mean, we can, that checks the ventilation to... Yeah. Um, air ratio in the lungs that can determine if there's a PE that way. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's different tests you can do, but in, uh, we can feel pretty confident we're not dealing with a PE. Right. Uh, myocardial infarction. Um, the only pro she has is that it's left-sided chest pain. Yep. Everything else talks against it from the very yes. beginning when she said it increased when she ate. Mm -hmm. um, it's not associated with any kind of activity. She's not at the age where you would worry about myocardial infarction most of the time, unless she had a history of CHF and family history of right. disease, right? right? Which I have seen, but, you know, not usually at 27, you know. Yeah, but and the EKG looked okay and the troponins were negative, so all that helps. All that says pretty much we ruled out that that out. So we have gallbladder, disease. gallbladder disease. And, you know, why do we know it's gallbladder disease? Her clinical signs and symptoms tell us 
that she's complaining of pain when she eats. She had a positive Murphy sign. Mm -hmm. Our labs told us she had an elevated alkaline FOS with uh, some liver function tests elevated, telling us that it's somewhere in that GI tract. Something mm -hmm. is going on, right? right? And then in her uh, right upper quadrant, um, here I put she had, it was normal with a large stone, but it wouldn't yeah. matter if she had a stone yeah. or she didn't. Half the people have a stone and that's yeah. not indicative of gallbladder, yeah. a reason to take the gallbladder out. But her HIDA scan mm -hmm. shows a low ejection fraction. Yeah. Very, and very that means that probably she'd be better off without her gallbladder. Absolutely. Now the question becomes, will it resolve? Mm over the next few weeks or months because maybe it's pregnancy. Well, know, that was, yeah, that's what I would say. It could be related to the pressure of the, the child, you know, in that area. And everything it may resolve. back yeah. to normal. Yeah, it may resolve. With your patient as to how much is it bothering her? Does she want to wait? Right. Maybe another uh, three or four or five weeks and see if it improves over time and avoid fatty meals, mm -hmm. you know, and see if that, and then repeat that HIDA scan. Or does she want to go ahead? Is it bothering her enough that we need to take the gallbladder out? Right. It also depends on the pain. It depends on, you know, maybe if she, you know, if she's febrile, she's not, feb you know, all of other things pointing to, um, even more of an in, uh, inflamed or infectious issue too. Um, so th this presentation to me sounds like there, you know, she has an option of waiting it out. Um, but certainly if the pain is severe and not going away or getting oh, look at white blood cell count, white blood cell count, she's febrile, yeah. you know, that that's a totally different picture than what we're presenting. And we wouldn't make that decision, no matter which way we looked at it, the surgeon. We are going right. to refer to a surgeon who's going to talk with her, and they'll discuss those pros and cons about whether to wait or whether to stay. Um, but we've kind of narrowed it down. Now, why did we send her to the hospital to begin with? Because mm -hmm. left-sided chest pain in a postpartum yeah. woman, you can't work up outpatient. You're going to okay. have to send her to the emergency room. Absolutely. Whether they keep her or not is not, you know, they may right. do the tests and send her home. Right. You never want to, if you're, if you are primary care outpatient, you never want to run a test where you really have to manage that patient, especially with troponins or something, you know, anything that you think, you know, if you're going to run a D, if you're really worried about a PE and you're going to just send them home and do a D dimer and no, I do a CT. You could send them yeah. to get a CT with contrast. I've right. seen that. Right. If right. you're sending them to the, if you're sending them for a test for a life-threatening illness, no, yeah, you know, you're putting your license on the line because what are you going to do if that test comes back positive? Right. Right. And exactly. I think as the NPs, when you're in school, you are so used to working in a hospital. Right. Where we can order things willy nilly, right? We can order any tests we want and boom, they're done. But outpatient world is different. Mm -hmm. Very and, important. You know, I, actually, I actually had a patient that was having not chest pain in front of me, but I'd had chest pain. And I did an EKG, showed first AV block. I did. I ordered a stress test. I ordered a chest x-ray. You know, vital signs were fine. He wasn't having pain in front of me. And um, I didn't order troponins and I didn't send him to the emergency room because he didn't have any changes in his vital signs or anything that would indicate to send him right there. But um, by the next morning, he had collapsed and had, um, you know, a major coronary event. So in other words, I don't, 
you know, I don't think I did anything inappropriate. No, no. I mean, if they're not having, we're not having symptoms. Yeah, you have to make those. You then work, you work it up as an outpatient. If you would have wanted to do further tests, you would order the further tests. But if they're having acute symptoms or you are running tests that you feel are like, you know, for me, even running uh, the ultrasound for a DVT, I send them to the emergency room because I want them to make sure, unless I have Eliquist in my office or can write a script for Eliquist, because you can put them prophylactically on Eliquist until that ultrasound is done. So I have done that. I have done that. I have done that. Yes. So, I mean, if you can treat uh, for whatever it is you're worried about, then you can send for the test and, and treat in the meantime. But if you're worried about a heart attack or you're worried, you know, wanting to do troponins or CTs with, with uh, contrast for a PE, you want to put them in the hospital. Emergency. And emergency. I mean, it's just to the emergency room. The emergency room can, um, they're going to get the test number one. If anytime you send somebody to the emergency room, they're going to be able to get the test faster than you are. If you ordered them outpatient, they're going to wait maybe a week or so to get scheduled. Yeah. You know, so it can't be an urgent need. No. Um, so if, if it's an urgent need, you need to send them to the uh, hospital. But as it turned out, this young lady did have her gallbladder out. Um, she had been having this problem off and on for quite a while. Oh. And she was getting ready to lose her insurance. And oh. she came in because she was like, I, I have this insurance for just so long and it's going to expire and I don't want to live with this pain. And they decided to take her gallbladder out and she didn't have any more chest pain afterwards. So it was really just an unusual presentation That's because it was left-sided chest pain. Everybody went to the heart first. Yes. Which is appropriate. You Absolutely. Know. Heart first, uh, uh, consider pulmonary embolism in her case, but you know, the key was her history and then following that history with your, with your diagnostics and all the way through, uh, your differentials. That's, that's what we're trying to teach you is to really, you have to really start with a really good history. History of present illness is key. It's key. Um, you know, uh, and that's, what's going to lead you to your, um, that your review of systems, your diagnostics, and then, you know, what are you thinking through for your differentials? Based and on those your- physical exam things that we do, we don't yep. talk enough about the physical exam findings. You do need to lay your hands on the patient and see. Absolutely. You know? Those are the good ones, girl. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've found a gallbladder and nobody else had looked because I just, you know, said, take a deep breath. And, uh, you know, uh, and you can have, my last leaving thought with you is you can have chronic gallbladder inflammation. Yes. Most patients have I had that then when we got the pathology report, they had chronic inflammation of the gallbladder and they had adhesions. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't have adhesions unless you've had surgery, unless you have chronic irritation of things rubbing against each other. Mm-hmm. So how do you get adhesions without surgery? Yeah. It's that chronic um, inflammation between inflammation. the gallbladder and then yeah. it kind of rubbing against the stomach and then it adheres. Mm-hmm. So um, they've, they've had a lot of that. So just be suspicious. Uh, do that Murphy's test anytime mm-hmm. that the story doesn't line up and see, see what you think. And don't forget about the HIDA scan. That's the last piece of um, you just because you have a right upper quadrant ultrasound that is normal. Um, doesn't mean you have a normal functioning everything. You can have a um, get the HIDA scan to tell you if the ejection fraction is normal. Very important. This was great, um, Carol. Great case. Yeah. 
Check out our website, npschangingpractice.com. Our, our cases are going to be under differential diagnosis, our ranking differentials, that's what we're calling it. And we will have the PowerPoints that you can um, download and play with. Thank you. Bye, everybody. And hey, send us your stories about your patients and what you found, and we'll work them up and present them as our cases. Please do.